Memvavamud Beis, about 13 lines from the bottom, <coughs> at the new Mishnah. A Jew who sells himself along with his children to a uh, guy or an idol worshiper, we as the community do not redeem him. And we'll see, it's basically this guy is a compulsive uh, seller of himself and his family, that's why. We will redeem the sons if their father dies in captivity. It's just the sons. The assumption being that the uh, father would basically uh, raise them somewhat correctly. Uh, but now that there's no father, we're very concerned about the children. Amaravasi. Ravasi qualifies the Mishnah that we had already said. This that we won't redeem the family is because he had sold himself a uh, second time, a third time. This is at least the uh, third time. Hanahu, I put a diamond around this Hanahu, and not on the bottom line, but one line above that, third word is Hahu, I put a diamond around that. We have a few cases the Gemara brings now. <coughs> Quite interesting Gemara till the uh, next Mishnah. Hanahu b'nei uh, bei michsi, the uh, characters of the household of bei michsi, the yasvi zuzi me'oiv they borrowed money from Goyim, v'le'havilehule mifre'inu, they didn't have money to pay back. So these uh, Gentiles came and they were uh, going to collect them, basically to take these people into servitude <coughs> for their lack of ability to pay back the loan. Also the Kame de Rav Huna, and Rav Huna, this case came to Rav Huna. and Rav Huna responded, Like, what can I do for y'all? Uh, it's not, because what does the Mishnah say? Um, here's... One line quote of the mission we just had up above. We do not redeem him. Okay. Amali Rabbi Abba. Now Rabbi Abba piped up and said to Ravuna, but uh, didn't you, Ravuna, our great rabbi, teach us, Limaditani Rabbeinu, you taught me, O oh, our Rebbe, that the qualification of that was, it has to be that the people in question here had sold themselves at least three times previously. Amarle says back, Rav Huna, uh, yeah, and that's the case with this particular family. Hani, Margil Regili, Davdi Hachi. They are very accustomed to borrowing money, not having the money to pay back, being sold into slavery, and we're not going to pay to redeem them, period. Hahuk Avra, there was a uh, person, I guess he liked to live on the edge, because the Zavanavshi Le Ludoi, he sold himself to Ludoi. I'll let Rashi say it, he says the best. Who are the Ludians? Uma, Shoichlim Neodom. Basically, the nation known to be cannibals. Literally, the nation that eats human beings. Okay. Uh, so the case came before Bami, or he, this guy, came, Amar Lay, and uh, he said, Well, uh, Pirkin, uh, redeem me, please. Uh, like the cannibals, they, they might eat me, literally. Amar, so said Rabami to uh, those who were assembled, I guess, Tanan, what does the Mishnah say? We have a quote from our. Mishnah again, about a line and a half, almost two lines. One who sells himself and his children to Gentiles. We don't redeem him. We will redeem the children after their father passes away. And the reason we do that is we don't want the kids to remain in captivity. They might have terrible influences and, and go off. All the more so here, they, they might kill these people and have them for dessert. So the Rabbanan who were there also uh, discussing this case, they said to Rabbami, you have a Havamina of redeeming this guy? 
This 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 person is a mummer. He's like an outright denier of religion. We've seen him many times um, eating uh, McDonald's hamburgers, uh, uh, Big Macs, and um, Kentucky Fried Chicken and shrimp and pork. So he says back. Now Rabbi Ami is really uh, trying over here to find any way he can to redeem this fellow. He says, uh, Well, you never know. Uh, who says this guy necessarily is lahachis? Who says that this guy is a type of person that we would like lower down into a pit and not raise up? It could be that he's simply he's a big baltaiva and he can't control himself. Amrule, so the Rabbanans say back to Ravami, well, that's not true either. Many times he has the same stuff. Uh, one uh, is mutter, one is asr. And he leaves aside that which is mutter and purposely goes to eat that which is this, asr. Amalei, so says Rami, back to this fellow. Um, listen, sorry, buddy, ain't much I could do for you. Zil go, loikashavki, li. They are not allowing me, like all of these stories that we're hearing about, you are not allowing me to be able to redeem you. Next story, Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish had an interesting um, history. Um, I'm not sure at what stage exactly this happened. It seemed like, uh, well, let's hear. Reish Lakish Zavinavshilaludoi. These same uh, Ludians, uh, Reish Lakish sold himself uh, into servitude to these Ludians. What did he take with himself? Shakal Bahadei he took with him uh, when he went into servitude for them. Chaisa ve galgalta, a, a bag, and it had some sort of like heavy weight or like a big rock in it. Amar, and he figured as follows uh, Gamiri, we have a tradition. Diguma Basra, uh, the last day, in other words, the day that they're going to kill whatever person they're going to kill to eat them, called it by Minayu. Avdile, whatever that person requests. It's sort of like nowadays you have the last request, uh, last meal. Uh, the, the Ludians would give the person the last request and they would fulfill it. Ki hechi de lechul adame. Which Rashi says lechul adame is that the Ludians should feel they get some sort of mechila uh, for killing that person. It's an interesting shot in the inside margin, um, which is that uh, actually when they fulfill a person's, uh, I guess, last uh, desires, the meat and the blood is that much tastier um, because the person was settled and happy. Anyway, Yuma Basra, so the day finally came, that last day for Reish Lakish, Amrule, and they said to him, My nichalach, well, what would you like? Uh, your uh, demand is our, uh, uh, is our uh, um, service. We'll do it for you. Amrule, he said to them, Ba'ina akmat Well, I'd like to actually uh, tie you all up and uh, sit you down and give you a whack with this here bag. I'll give you like a whack and a half with uh, my bag here. Okay. They, he tied them up and sat them down. Each one of them separately. Once he gave them a one whack with the bag. Now, the bag had, I don't know, the 60-pound weight in it or something like that. Nafak nishmase. Normally, nafak nishmase probably means uh, killed the person, but from the Hemshel of the story, it probably means, like, sort of, like, really uh, uh, whacked him out. Um, he was, like, uh, knocked out, but not totally knocked out, uh, because charkine lashine, when the person got that whack, woo, wasn't expecting it. Like, he, he grit his teeth. 
uh, biting down on his teeth, Amar lay. Uh, so said uh, Reish Lakish back to uh, the Ludian, uh, What are you, you smirking at me? I still got one smack left. And with the other half of a smack, he killed them all. And he came back. Okay, here's a little bit more of an insight into Reish Lakish's um, attitude uh, to life, Yosef so he was sitting and uh, eating and drinking. Amrle Barte, his daughter, Rachel's daughter, said to him, um, "Dad, you like whenever money you get in, you, you spend it. Don't you want to like retain anything uh, to be able to? Maybe the literally means like to sleep on. Maybe he didn't even have like a proper pillow or a mattress." Amarla said Rishakish back to his daughter, Beatty, my daughter, Crazy Kari, my belly is my uh my pillow, my 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 cushion. Um basically that which I'm able to consume uh is that which uh is a practical purpose for me. Kinach Nafshi when he actually passed away, Shavak, what did he leave? Not much. Literally the smallest thing that the Gemara talks about, Shavak, a Kava de Marika a uh, measure of uh, moirika, which is, uh, Rashi says, karkum, some sort of spice, maybe saffron, a little tiny bit of it, kara anafshe, and uh, he referred they, uh, to himself as va'azvu la'acherim chelam. There are many who, when they pass away, they leave to others their wealth. Um, okay, says the Mishnah, Hamoichar Sadeu Laivikhovim. Another case, not where a person is selling himself, but selling his fields to Goyim. Now this is uh in the Holy Land. Um we know a Jew has a field in the Holy Land, has to uh, take uh, Trumas and Maisris and all sorts of Matnasaniim, great privilege. If he sells the field to Laivikhovim, Laikeach Umevi Manubikurim, each year he uh, I guess has to purchase the first fruits of that field, um, to be able to bring them as Bikurim Mipne Tikanha Ailam. Um, and the Tikkun Olam here is we don't want to do it. We actually want to discourage Jews from selling their uh, fields, their land uh, in the Holy Land to um, Gentiles. And therefore, if like the Jew knows every year he's going to have to pay good money to get the Bikurim back, it makes the deal much less uh, potentially uh, profitable. Uh, and even if he does sell it, he'll be much more inclined to maybe purchase it back because of this. Machlokas here between Rabba and Rebbe Lazar. I'm a Rabba. I circled Rabba, um, and five six lines later, first words on the line of Rebbe Lazar. I circled Rebbe Lazar. The basic machlokas is going to be if you have a Jew and he legally, um, if he even can, sells land in Israel to a guy. Does now the guy's ownership of the land take it out of? The if produce grows, they're they're chayiv and trumas and maestros. So, Rabbah says, kinyan. I underline those words, even though there is no such thing in halacha as a kinyan for to do what? I underline the word to exempt midei maeser. Basically, if a guy buys a Jew's property, the stuff that grows in there is still chayiv and maeser. We know that because the Pasuk says, the Lord himself tells the Jewish people, ki li haaretz, for Unto me is the land which equals Lee Kedusharetz. The holiness of the land of Israel is mine, whether it's Jewish owned or Gentile owned. Kama, Aval Yeshkin, Levit Kachavim Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi would agree there is a, a ability to acquire uh, land in Israel by a guy, Lach Barba, not 
for the Trumas and Maishas take that out, but to have the ability to be able to dig um, pits or ditches or uh, caves, like the Pasuk says, the heavens are the Lord's, and the land is given to people, even Gentile people. That's Rabbah, Rebbe Lazar, who we had circled already, Oimer, Afal Pi Sheyesh Kenyan. I underline Sheyesh Kenyan. Rebbe Lazar takes a different approach. He says if uh, property, uh, land in Israel, is sold to a goy, he does have the uh, the ability to acquire, there is a king, Levikachavim Eretzrael, Lahafkia, and I underline Lahafkia, to exempt Midei Meiser. Basically, according to Rebbe Lazar, if a goy buys land and then he... Um, he grows, let's say, wheat on it that next year, there is no chi of trumas and maestras. Shenemar, like, uh, based on that which the Pasuk says, that the chi of trumas and maestras is in the context of degancha, your produce, your wheat, uh, um, your grain is what's chayiv, kama connector, veloy dagan of that's darshan to mean, and not the uh, grain of a Gentile. Okay, so even though that's the case, Rabbi Lezer would say that there is not the ability of a going to acquire land in Israel. To be able to uh, potentially destroy things, dig things, uh, caves. No. And he based himself on a different Pasuk in Tehillim. Pasuk that says, The land is the Lord's. Uh, obviously, one of them is holding that uh, Maestras would be uh, still chayev even if a guy owned the land. The other one doesn't. What's the essential point of Machlokas? Well, Marsavar, we saw this, Rabbelez would be of the opinion that when the Pasuk says, Degancha, that the context with which Maestras is chayev, Chumas and Maestras is your grain, is Darshan Bloody Daganavikachavim, not that which is owned by a Gentile. U Kama, Marsavar, this would be, Rabba would be of the opinion that degancha is to be understood as diguncha when you finish and not when it's finished uh, by the gayim. Okay, diguncha, uh, you're uh, finishing it, and not when it's finished by the oivde Um Okay, says the Rashi. Let's see a Rashi. Rashi is... If you skip across another Rashi, about fifteen lines up from where we are, there's different stages. In you plant the field, then it starts to grow, then you harvest it. And mirchan is the when you have a pile of grain and you smooth that pile of grain out after it's been harvested and winnowed. Um, if it's mirchan by nevekachavim, miruach, and it is owned by the Gentile at the time that happens, and that is. Um, defined as the Gemar Melachtan, underlying Gemar Melachtan in the Rashi. That is the, when the Melacha is done for Meiser, So the fact that that was done while being owned by a guy, it potters it. And that's the Diguncha, and not the Digun Ovid Kechavim. Amar back in the Gemara, and Rabba makes a point that takes about six lines to develop. First word line is De Hifgir, is the end of the point. Rabba says, where do I know that which I say, that, um, there is no ability of a guy to uh, acquire land in Israel to take it away from its chayev trumas and maestras. Well, Ditznan, we have a Mishnah from Maseches Peah, goes for just under two lines, says like this, Aleket Shechu Peah, Shal Oived Koychavim. Aleket Shechu Peah are forgotten, uh, little forgotten uh, sheaves, 
or forgotten stalks, or the corners of the field. Those are the typical matnes um, that a field owner has to leave for the poor. The lekat of a oived koychovim are chayev and meiser. They still have a chayev meiser them. Ella imkain hifgir, unless he was mafgir. Now, it's not exactly clear the Oyved Koychavim, like what stage was the field his, maybe it's totally his, maybe sort of his, and it's not clear who's being mafk or something. So the um, Rashi says, Dibur Maskel, Lekat Shechupeya, Staman Hefker, in general, like a Jewish-owned field, Lekat Shechupeya is Hefker. Okay, yeah, it's Hefker, and it goes to the Maskel, the real Nafkamina is Upoitrumina Meiser. Normally, when you take produce from a field, you have to first give, let's say, 2% to the Kohen, then 10% to the Levi, then another 10%. When someone who's allowed to collect Lekha Shechopeya, they do not have to give any of those Matanois. Okay, so Lekha Shechopeya, Venoive Kachavim, are Chayev in Meiser, unless you're Mafkir. Now, it takes about four lines for Rabba to develop this point. Hechi Dami, says the uh, Rabba in the Gemara. How so? What, what's the case here? Let's get specific in the Tanakh source we just had. Elema de Yisroel, if it was a Jewish-owned field that he left, he left this Lekashecha Upe in his field, and came along, let's say, Skeeter McGraw the guy, and he uh, picked that up. And what this is telling us is that if the uh, Skeeter McGraw then turns around and sells, uh, let's say, I don't know, a, a container of, uh, of, uh, of, of, of wheat to a Jew, the Jew would be chayev to meister it, unless... The Jew was mafgirit originally in his field. Ilay Israel. So, in other words, it was a Jewish owned field. Velictino evid koychavim in the Gemara, and then he uh, collected it. The guy, and then the guy sold it to a Jew. Then Ella imkain hifgir. Apparently, this is only the case if he was mafgir. What do you mean if he was mafgirit? A Jewish owned field, by definition, is already hefgir. Ha mifgiriva kaima. It's always hefgir. Ella, so I squiggle in on the Ella, this must be the Pshat, says Raba. Ella lav de Oivid The field is owned by a Gentile. Okay? So, Lagatakashopea of an Oivid and Liktinhu Yisroel. The poor Jews came to collect the Lagatakashopea from this field. Um, now, the Gentile, if he owns a field, doesn't have a commandment to leave like uh, Leket and, and Peya, and therefore these things don't really become Leket and Peya, even though he might leave them, unless he specifically is Mafgir them to be uh, Hefgir. Time de Hefgir, so let's make a Diuk here. The reason is that he, back in the Gemara, was Mafgirid. That's a Skeeter McGraw was Mafgir the stuff. So if we go back and look at the Brysa, it was like a Peya, left by Skeeter McGraw. Um, it's Chayev B'Meiser unless he specifically was Mafgirit. But let's make it to you. Chaloyevgir, if he wasn't, apparently it would be Chayev. And we would see from here, this is the point that Rabbah is trying to make, that um, a guy can't buy land. In other words, it retains its Kedusha. Even if the guy legally bought it, it retains Kedusha with regard to Meiser. So uh, would that not be a good proof for Rabbah? The Gemara says, uh, actually not. Lo. Because that Tanakh source that was quoted, La Ilam de Yisroel, the field is Jewish owned. And it was indeed stuff that was collected, the Lekad and the Shechapea, by a Gayu de Kaamris. And that which, when we suggested this like six lines ago, we rejected it by saying, Hamifkari Vakaimi. Yeah, but it was like already Hefker by definition. 
well, one second. When the Jew leaves over these things, leaves it over on the understanding that some poor Jewish uh, widow or orphan might come along and collect them. However, question mark, exclamation point, having in mind that like Skeeter or Tug or Christopher, some guy might come along and take it there. He wasn't Mafka for that reason. That's the case. Okay, Tashma. Put a triangle in this Tashma. One line from the bottom, not the bottom line, but right above that is another Tashma. Put a triangle around that. And two, four, six, eight lines down on Ahmed Bey's first word line is Chia. In the middle of the line is Tashma. Put a triangle around that. So the Gemara is now going to bring three Tanaic sources, each one of them attacking the Rabbah approach, uh, which said that uh, Goyim have the ability, if they purchased uh, land, fields in Israel, uh, that doesn't make it that the stuff that grows is going to be potter. A, a guy does not have the ability to uh, purchase land to remove it from the uh, Meiser Chiyuvim. Well, Tashma. This Tanaic source goes for three lines and starts here. Says this Tanaic source, So you have a Goyish owned field, let's say it grew 20%. It hasn't yet grown to the one-third stage, which, by the way, that one-third stage is when produce is considered as being raui or fitting to have maestros taken from it. Before that, no. So the, the Jew bought it, let's say it was 20% uh, grown. Kama, and then it season went on, it grew a little bit more. And then the Jew turned around and sold it to a guy after it had reached that one-third stage, maybe, let's say, it was now 50% grown. Those are just examples. Even though, at the beginning, when this stuff started to grow, it was Goyeshon, and at the end, um, when it was harvested, it was Goyeshon, still because it reached its level of chiyuv, meaning one-third growth, when it was in Jewish ownership. That's the end of the Tanaic source. Let's make a diuk. Nischaiva in. Seemingly, it became Chayev in Jewish ownership, that's where there's a Chayev Meisris. Come alone is Chayva, but if, let's say, it was Gentile owned from beginning to end, from the time it was planted till it was harvested, apparently the Diuk would be very straightforward. Lo, that there would not be a Chayev Meisr. Question on Rabbah. Answer the Gemara. No, not necessarily the question on Rabbah. Hach what's the case over here? The field is not located in the Jerusalem region or Haifa. Rather, it is con- it was located in Syria. Uh, northern Israel, north of Israel, I should say, that was conquered by David HaMelech and added to the land of Israel. And true that maestros are taken from produce of Kroza, but that's only Midirabanan. Um, and, and there, since it's only a Dirabanan Chiyuv, if a guy owns that land, it would actually take it out of the Chiyuv Dirabanan for Trumas and Maestros. Vikasavar, that's because the author of the Tanakh sources of the opinion that Kibush Yachid, not the original conquering that the Jewish people as a people did to the land of Israel, that gave it full Kedusha, but Kibush Yachid, the individual of David Amelech, the things that he conquered, Loishme Kibush was not considered a full-fledged conquering to make it Chaimi Daraisen, Trumas and Maestros. Tashma, we try another Tanakh source as a question on Raba, they have a uh, triangle on that, and the Tanakh source goes down till the middle of the third line on Amud Beis. If you have a Jew and Goy who purchased a uh, a field, a uh, 50-50 partnership, so what do you have? The stuff that grows. Well, every single grain, let's say it's a wheat field, every single grain of wheat is like 50% the Jews, 50% the guys, and therefore you have tevel, it's untithed produce, that's from a Jew's perspective, and chulen, it's still called chulen, of the guy, mixed into every single uh, grain, and that would be even after they split. 
which is like they split it 50-50, and the Jews' grains, as far as he's concerned, are uh, 50% grew with a chiyuv, uh, 50% grew without a chiyuv. That's Steve Ray Rebbe. I boxed Rebbe's name. Roshim Gamliel, who I also boxed on Ymer, kol excuse me, shel oivet kachavim, patr v'shel Yisrael chayiv. He says, no, when they split it 50-50, the stuff that's the guys is patr, the stuff that's the Jews is chayiv. Okay, um, now, what do we see over here? It's basically because of the issue of Brera. Brera, which we have numerous times throughout the Shas, is a retroactive determination. Do you say that the 50% that the Jew gets after he gets it, it was like retroactively determined that was always his 50%, therefore this Chayev or not? Uh, basically, Adkan Pligela, Demar Savr, Liel holds that in this case, Yesh Breira, there is retroactive determination, and that's why the Gai stuff is totally put, the Jew stuff is Chayev. Umar Savar and Rebbe's of the opinion ain't Breira. About the Kuli Alma, it seems like they all agree that Yesh Kinyan La'evid Kaychavim Be'eretz Yisrael, there is the ability when a guy does uh, purchase land in Israel, Lahavkia Miad Meiser, to take it out of its Chiyuv Meiser. Okay, um, I mean, the stuff did very clearly, it was referred to, even according to Rebbe, as Chul in the guy stuff. Hachanami says the Gemara in defense of Rabbah were also here talking about a case of not land in uh, Israel proper, but rather Surya, the northern part that David Melech had conquered, Vikasavar, and it's because the author of that today expressed also of the opinion that Kibush Yachad Loishmei Kibush. Period. Amar Ravchia Barav in Tashma, a third Tanaic source. Again, going to be a question on Rabbah. We have a triangle, and it is, oh, look at this, our Mishnah. What our Mishnah say? A Jew sells field to guy. He has to every year purchase all the first fruits and then bring them to Jerusalem as Bikurim. Because of the Tikkun Ha'olam. Which sounds like, why does he have to? Not because it's really Chayev, but only because there's some sort of Tikkun Ha'olam that the Rabbanan instituted, which is a simple diuk. We made Tikkun Ha'olam in, but Midaraisa, lo. Why Midaraisa is no Chayev Bikurim? This stuff grew in Eretz Yisrael. Must be that there is a Kenyan for a guy that he could make to take this stuff out of its Chiyuvim. That would be a question on Rabbah. Well, not really, Amar Ravashi, because Ravashi explains actually there were a number of uh, stages. The first stage, like Rabbah will insist, and everyone agrees there was a there is a Chiyuv de Araisa uh, of uh, Bikurim being taken. Um, from uh, land, no matter who owns land in Israel. However, two uh, stages in history that decrees were made. There was the first stage, then they had to go and make a second decree. Colon. A. Me'ikara originally. Havu ma'isi mi'de'oraisa. That the way it used to be, um, just like Rabbit said, they would bring bikurim mi'de'oraisa. If a guy owned the uh, field, the Jew would have to purchase those bikurim back, even if it cost him a lot of money, and bring him to Yushalayim. Now, here's Takana number one. Kevan dechazu, once the rabbinical establishment saw Deka Mikri Umezavni uh, that people were actually very uh, not um, uh, they're very willing to sell their land to Goyim because they figured hey listen it's still got this Kedusha because you still have to bring Bikurim from it they held at the land that clearly if you have to buy back to Bikurim every year it must be still Kaddish Takinu the Rabbanan stepped in and made a Takana de lo lacy made like a Sheva Altasa not to bring the Bikurim the reason they did that is they wanted to 
uh, ingrained in people's consciousness that, oh, we're not bringing Bikurim, it must be that it doesn't keep its holiness. However, Kevan de Chazu, once the Rabbanan at a later time saw, uh, noticed it, Mandelo Sagile, that a person that times were really tough for him. Um, he had some ancestral land, but he'd have to sell it because he was in a financially uh, a, a difficult situation. Mizav, and he would sell his land, and then he wouldn't even think to purchase his land back. It would get sunk in uh, to Gentile ownership that we really don't want, and therefore, Hadar Takinu, this is the second stage of uh, Takana, the Ravana made a second Takana, Lehu De Laisu, that they should bring uh, Bikurim, that the Jewish owners every year would have to buy back the first fruits and bring them, uh, not necessarily maybe going back to what the Deraisa was, but uh, that was what would be required, period, Adkan.